This is a best of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Today's show will feature interviews with Olympic and NFL conditioning guru Chip Smith, LPGA golfer Katie Detlefson, former NFL Carolina Panthers wide receiver Mushin Muhammad, and Fox NFL football reporter Laura Oakman. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Over the next hour, you'll hear what's going on in the sports world from a Christian's perspective. Now, here's your host, Roman Gabriel III. My guest, one of the best sports performance trainers in the business, Atlanta, Georgia, North Cross, guest Chip Smith. Guess, hey, hey, Chip, how are you, buddy? Hey, good, Roman. Thanks for having me, brother. Hey, great to have you back in. All right, we've been, I've been building this up for you, so tell me about the big news. Well, thank you. I uh, recently uh, started a, a new training uh, business called Chip Smith Performance Systems out of Norcross and uh, partnered with Stack Media. And Stack Media uh, just purchased 45 Velocity Sports around the country, and now um, we've just signed a deal with them that Velocity Sports are now powered by Chip Smith Performance. So I'm going to be able to take my system and, and teach it to, to coaches around the country and a national, I have a national certification now uh, called the MORE, where you actually get the letters CSPS after your name, Certified Sports Performance Specialist. And so we'll be certifying their coaches, and they'll be training in my system and using our equipment uh, that I invented that we use to train over 1,400 NFL players. So, uh, you know, we're, we're extremely excited, and uh, uh, God says pretty much is given, much is required. And I think for me to be able to give back uh, to the kids that are growing Coming up, you know, and uh, training in the training world to be able to play and compete, to be able to to experience the same results that we've gotten with, you know, Olympic champions and and NFL, Major League Baseball, and NBA guys is pretty awesome. Okay, so for mom and dad out there who have high aspirations, they've got a youngster, a girl, or a, a guy who's got some talent, junior high, high school, uh, college that's looking to become elite or even one that's just looking to get better at the level he's at, how would mom and dad find out about how they can hook up with you with this new system and what you're tr- trying to do? We're, we're currently working on that. Um, if there's a velocity uh, in, in the air, in the listening area of anywhere, uh, they'll be able to go in uh, within hopefully a few months and be able to sign their, their kids up uh, in the system. Uh, again, one of the things that's unique about my system is that we train very sports-specific and position specific within that sport. So if you're a tennis player, you're a golfer, you're, it doesn't matter what sport you play, we can train very specific movements to translate to making you better at the field, the court of the diamond. And I think that's kind of the difference. A lot of these models are built on linear, you know, just track, track uh, models where they're great if you're a track athlete, but there's no sport other than track where you run in a straight line. So uh, parents will be able to go on and, and uh, sign their kids up. Uh, we're certainly, in, like I said, in Norcross. Uh, well, we've got a 37,000-square-foot training center. Uh, we have kids that come from all over the country that, uh, for the summer uh, that, that you know, spend time with us there. Uh, but there'll be other locations around the country where they'll be able to get the system. Chip Smith, one of uh, the founding fathers of the sports performance industry, and uh, a lot of things to talk about, so we're, we're going to get right to it with him. Chip, um, tell me, you were just talking about something that I was uh, visiting with our audience about earlier, which when I played, you know, it was all about static. You know, you bench press. Yeah. Explain why sports-specific movement and why, that, why you've gone away from static training to what you were talking about for these youngsters today. Right. I just saw an article in Sports Illustrated, if you didn't see it, Drew Brees was on the front cover and they were he was going over his training regimen, and none of it was anything I talked about earlier. It was all foreign to me when I played. 
Yeah, well, you know what, Roman, I, I'm an old guy, too, so when I grew up, uh, everything was static uh, or linear in a straight line, and so what what we found and what, you know, what I've developed over the years, uh, in 1987, I actually went to Russia and studied speed development, and, and the Russians convinced me that as, as coaches, we were getting athletes, we were getting them big and strong, but we weren't making them very sport, we weren't training sport-specific or movement-specific within that sport, and so this is the best analogy I can give you. If you take a rubber band, you put it in the refrigerator overnight, and then you bring it out the next morning, and you take that rubber band and you stretch it, what's going to happen? That rubber band's going to pop. Well, now we found that through dynamic ballistic warm-ups that we get the core good and warm before we start any kind of work. So if you take that rubber band and you gradually start to stretch it just a little bit, and each time you increase that distance, you stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, stretch it within, um, you know, 30 seconds, you can take a stretch of that rubber band, full, you know, the full length. Well, that's called muscle viscosity. That means that there's blood flow to the muscle, it warms up, and it's more pliable. Well, when you and I grew up, the first thing our coaches did is they set us down on the ground and, and they had somebody push it on us in a static stretch. And now, I mean, that's injuries. I mean, that's an injury waiting to happen. You have guys that have hamstrings and low backs and quad pulls. And what we found is a significant increase or decrease in, in lower body injuries by doing a dynamic warm-ups. Uh, even in the weight room, we do very explosive movements. So when we do a squat or controlled movement, then we finish it with a dynamic explosive movement. So we'll take, we'll squat and then we'll take, we'll, we'll immediately get out from the bar and we'll hook up to a, a machine called a Vertimax and we'll do explosive jumps or we'll do a bench press, a slow controlled movement, and then we'll take it off and we'll throw on something we call a, a punch belt. And we'll do you know explosive movements to work on muscular endurance. So all these movements, they're, they're, it's what we call functional movements that again translate to the field, the core, the diamond. They make athletes better, and that's the difference. Uh, than when you and I grew up, we you know everybody we squatted, we benched, you know we power cleaned, and those are movements that you still need to do. But now it's gone away from those movements to very specific movements that again translate to something else. There's a in the PT world, the physical therapy world. There's a term called evidence-based, and that means that everything that's been done and has been proven in the medical community. Well, in sports performance, everything we do now is results-based. Everything is timed on a stopwatch, a scale, a caliper, a vertex, a bench press. All those are things that we've got to be able to show improvement uh, in bat speed and running speed and, and, and vertical. And so all it's all it's almost it's almost like a cafeteria line where rather than going through the smorgasbord now you know you you are taking individual athletes looking at their body type looking at what they're capable of doing and putting together an individual cafeteria uh, or a, or or a plan for each individual athlete. Absolutely, uh, Roman, and that's what that's what we teach all the time. Chip Smith, our guest, uh, uh, one of the great trainers uh, in America today, and and Chip, you work with young. Young student athletes, uh, not just professional athletes. So, one of the things that's going on now is you have youngsters that are trying out for football, uh, soccer, uh, and basically, uh, a lot of parents are, are concerned now because all the all the publicity about concussions and all the talk about concussions and uh, about you know whether I should let my son play football or even my daughter play football based upon where they're at. Um, if you had to give a parent who's looking at whether their child should play contact football, what would be three or four of the key things that you would give them today in terms of what they should be thinking about? Well, that, that's kind of a, an open-ended question. Uh, you know, I think you have to look at the the, the, uh, the age of the child. Uh, what is the what is the makeup? Is is the, is, is the child uh, aggressive? Are they? Um, 
you know, or the passive, um, you know, one of the things that when my kids were small, uh, one of the things that I wanted them to do as, as, as a player myself is I realized that for little, especially for little boys, uh, growing up, when you play a sport like football, it's a collision sport that once you get hit by the biggest, baddest guy on your team and he knocks you down and you realize, you know what? He didn't kill me. I just got hit by the biggest guy I know. Then the physical toughness that I think it invokes for young kids that, you know what? Hey, I can take a hit and I can get back up. Uh, so, you know, for us, one of the things that, that, you know, we get a chance to speak to, to, um, to youth groups in terms of, uh, of groups that are, you know, youth associations and, and invariably they say, you know, what, what age do you start? And, you know, we've changed the, the philosophy. It used to be that we, we would tell parents not to let kids play until they went through puberty. Uh, now we're saying that we can actually train prepubescent. Uh, you can start in the weight room at a young age as long as it's a percentage of body weight, not reps uh, or high reps and body weight. It's not, uh, you're not trying to lift heavy weight. Um, also, coaches, Mentality, you know, uh, again, it's, it's got to be fun for them, but it's a collision sport. I mean, they're, they're no, make no mistake about it. Uh, kids are going to get hurt. I mean, that's the nature of, of, of the game. You know, for me as a dad of three sons and two of my sons played Division One football, I was never hesitant because I think that's part of the process of growing up uh, for, for young boys is, again, that physical toughness that they develop. About it, by playing, and it's a team sport. Hold on, hold on a second. I'm going to hold you over because I've got to. Uh, I want to talk to you about a gentleman that you're working with right now, Chip Smith, Moore Sports Performance Training Systems. We're going to talk to him about some NFL. A couple of things hang over for a little bit. We'll be right back with Chip Smith right here on Sold Out Sports Talk on AFR Talk. You're listening to a best-of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with LPGA golfer Katie Detlefson. Visit fspn.net for all things faith, family, and sports. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Back on Sold Out Sports Talk on AFR Talk. Roman Gabriel III, your host, 806 Eastern, 706 Central. Streaming live on AFR.net. Podcast, Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Check us out. And, of course, you want to follow us on all of our uh, social networking sites, you can do it at soldouttv.com. All of them there. Streaming live for you and your youth. Uh, great guests coming in, of course, well, apropos that Wally Armstrong kind of let us in on that thing. Uh, of course, Wally was here in Boone doing a golf clinic for youngsters, and uh, what a great story, his Mulligan golf book. But uh, this young lady coming in, UCF graduate, she just became an assistant golf coach at Florida Golf, golf Coach University. Uh, she's from Minnesota, one of my favorite places. Uh, participant on Big Break Myrtle Beach. Of course, my dad lives close down there, loved that show. So we're going to talk some golf uh, with Katie Detwilson. Katie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Great to have you on the show. We've, we've, uh, we love our golf on uh, Sold Out Sports Talk, so uh, always great to have somebody that loves the links, and you're talking to somebody who loves to play golf, so awesome. Absolutely. I love, I love every part of it. I love playing, teaching, coaching, and, and uh, following the pros as well. Okay, so you're from an area that I know a little bit about. I had a, a, a girlfriend of mine years ago that I 
went to St. Cloud, Minnesota with and was introduced to Minnesota and it really had a great time up there, enjoyed uh, the state of Minnesota, very beautiful. And uh, you're from, uh, is that Minnehaha Academy High School up there? And is that Egan, Minnesota, where you're from? Yeah, I'm from Egan. I went to Minnehaha. It's a private Christian school for high school. Um, and I, I mean, I love Minnesota. It's, it's probably not the best state for golf year-round, of course, but um, it's beautiful up there. Um, so it was, I was lucky to grow up in Minnesota. And, and, yeah, Minnehaha was a great high school that I went to there. It was a big part of my spiritual foundation as well, so. Well, I'm looking at uh, not just a spiritual foundation here, but as I looked at your statistics and your performance in golf in high school, man, you were dominant. Wow, you got you 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 kicked a little butt up there. Yeah, you know it's it's funny. I had I had you know started playing on my high school team when I was a seventh grader, and really piqued my interest. You know, I did other sports as well. I played basketball a little bit, some other things, and some dance and that sort of thing, and. I really decided to focus on golf, and my eighth grade, my eighth grade year, I missed qualifying for the state tournament, and I think that that sort of, you know, sometimes you have a failure that kind of launches you in a really good direction, and I think that was how it went for me. Um, you know, I decided that I I wanted to really take my game seriously and really put a lot of extra practice in and stuff, and um, yeah, I won the state tournament. My freshman year of high school and each year subsequently until I graduated so it was um it was an awesome awesome experience I loved my time at Minnehaha and playing high school golf was a blast so you got out of cold Minnesota and played year-round at University of Central Florida and uh let's say this too academic all-america as well so great with the books and uh Golf is golf is a really interesting sport to me because I play team sports, play basketball, football, baseball, and you know it's so different. You know when you're playing with 45 people, and and even when something goes wrong, you know it's all about team. But one thing that I really appreciate about golf, and it does say a lot about life, is that it's just you out there with the ball. It's you competing against yourself, and when there's a mistake, boy, everybody sees it, don't they? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, golf definitely comes with its own uh, its own challenges, and certainly, you know, being mentally strong uh, to play good golf, and um, you know, being your own best coach out there is probably one of the toughest things, and and not being your own worst enemy. But uh, definitely takes a lot of discipline and practice, and you know, sometimes it's it's nice in college and and even high school golf when when you get to be in a, a little bit more of a team environment, so it's not. You know, it's not just you out there um, practicing and stuff because I think it's more fun to be practicing with some friends and and that sort of thing. You can do little challenges and and it helps you to get better. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a a unique sport. It's definitely all on you a bit um, more than than some of the other uh, than the other sports. <laughs> Katie Detlison is with us, assistant uh, golf coach at uh, Florida Golf Coast University, former UCF grad. And, okay, so one of my shows that I like to watch on the Golf Channel is Big Break Myrtle Beach. Of course, it's not too far from us here in Boone, North Carolina, and I'm from Wilmington, which is not too far from there either. So tell me about uh, Big Break, about how you got involved with that and about your experience there. Yeah, so I know a few other girls that have been on on Big Break um, previously. Uh, Sarah Brown, Stephanie Snoyer, some other um, golfers that had done junior college um, golf with and they've been on the show and had good experiences um you, know, you always wonder with reality tv how like real it is or are they going to try to make you say things that aren't true and 
And so I, I felt pretty good about the integrity of the show kind of going into it. Um, so I, I applied. They have a, an online application that I applied and heard back and did an interview in Orlando um, where they filmed some swings and, and uh, talked to me a little more and then found out a few months later that I had been selected for uh, for a big break. I didn't know it was in Myrtle Beach yet. They don't tell you that information until, like, right before you're you know, you're basically on the plane heading out, but uh, it was really fun to be in Myrtle Beach. I hadn't really spent much time there, so it was uh, cool to see the area and some of the golf courses. Okay, so how much is this, uh, what part of the show scripted and what part, like you said, you know, all reality shows people think are just, you know, off the cuff, but obviously most reality shows do have some scripting. So tell me about how that worked and and, and how could you be natural in terms of golfing and, and what they ask you to do from a personality standpoint? Yeah, you know, I, I really approach the thing from the start. I, from a personality standpoint, you know, even on the auditions, I'm like, I'm going to be myself, and if, if that's the type of person they want on the show, then great, and if not, then, you know, that's fine. And um, so, you know, on Big Break, they really like to tell different people's stories, people from different places. I mean, our show had had uh, contestants from really all over the world, and and so it's really telling your story. Um, in terms of the golf, I think that provides enough drama in and of itself that they don't really need to add a lot. <laughs> um, obviously, they pick some people with a variety of personalities, and sometimes those personalities clash. Um, but other than that, there really I, I, I would say there wasn't really anything that was scripted other than what the competitions were going to be on any given day um, and just seeing where the chips fall. You know, golf does provide a lot of drama. You never really know what's going to happen. So, Katie Detlison with us uh, right here on Sold Out Sports Talk on AFR Talk. And, you know, one of the things about that show uh, that a lot of people don't realize is, is they kind of put all the competition together because they have to do it in, you know, in a short period of time. But how, how long does it play out for each challenge? How much golf is played uh, that they added into what the final show is? Yeah. So we, we played, let's see, we were in Myrtle beach for, you know, a little more than two weeks. Uh, so basically filming an episode a day. Um, and, Let's see what else there is to say about that. I mean, there's times. Not I will say none of the results are are fixed in any way. I mean, there's times where if maybe two people are are playing off to see who who leaves the show on a given day, there might be a few. You know, there might be a hole that you, the viewer doesn't see, but um, they're going to essentially show the the game point, the deciding shot. Um, accurately and yeah you know none of it sort of scripted on in terms of who's going to do well and not do well i would i would say that now some of the competitions can uh you know whether if you're picking teams or if you have to decide if you think someone's going to pull off a shot or not eh, that can get a little bit uh you know emotional for some people but Well, they do a great job on the show. I mean, it's a fun show to watch. And as a PGA teaching pro, you get a chance to work with youngsters. You know, obviously you work as a college coach. So obviously youth golf is, is so important in, in bringing up the next generation to play the game of golf. Um, tell, tell me about how your experience is coming together as a college player 
as playing some tour events, as, as being a golf coach, how that's helped you in terms of your teaching, and, and what is it you like most about working with young people? Yeah, I love working with juniors. You know, um, I've learned so much throughout my experiences with golf, and it's really a joy to pass on the things you've learned to, whether it's girls, boys that are growing up and they want to be they want to be golfers, or maybe they're just trying it for the first time. If you can help them to have an enjoyable experience from the start, um, golf can really be a life lifelong sport, even if kids are doing other activities, which is which is a good thing too. They should do all kinds of activities when they're young. I mean, you, you look at even Jordan Spieth, he, you know, did all kinds of other sports um, early on as a junior. But it's really fun to see the kids uh, have fun with golf. And, um, you know, like you mentioned before, there's a lot of life lessons that you can learn out on the golf course. And um, I've been a part of LPGA USGA Girls Golf, which is a, a great program. Um, I mean, the, the first tee is a great program. And I've, I've been fortunate to learn from some, some really great junior teachers that um, have helped me to communicate some of the sort of golf truths that I know in a way that's engaging for the kids. And um, it's just really fun to see, them, to see them enjoying it. About a minute left with Katie Detlison right here on Sold Out Sports Talk and AFR Talk. And I see, you know, obviously you're a strong Christian. I follow you on your on your different pages. And so how do you work in, uh, you know, your relationship with God and how you make that happen with uh, working with youth? Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you're, if you're a believer, I think, I think your faith really should impact every area of your life. You know, I think certainly the fruit of the Spirit, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, it's, you know, it's, it's going to come out whether you're you know, directly teaching young people those values um, or just the way that you can be a role model and an example for people. Um, and I think also, you know, showing people grace, too. I know with golf, it's, it's definitely a sport where, you know, I, I've fallen into in my past some of the perfectionism and and trying to make everything perfect and, um, you know, even wrapping your identity up in, in the results. And, um, you know, the gospel is telling us it's not about our performance, and we're accepted no matter what. And uh, it doesn't mean we don't go out and do our best and um, use the gifts we've been given. But, um, yeah, I, I think if, if you're truly a believer, you know, it's going to touch each aspect of your life, whether, you know, teaching or playing or um, whatever you may be doing. Katie Detlison, you can check her out on all of her social pages. She's on Twitter and Facebook. And youngsters, if you want a great example of how to do it, faith, family, and golf, this is the young lady to follow. Katie, I appreciate you coming in with us. And good luck with everything with your new job. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Katie. Welcome back to a best-of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with former NFL Carolina Panthers wide receiver Mushin Muhammad. Visit FSPN.net for faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Faith, family, and football is what this guy's all about. And uh, now it's basketball with family. So uh, we want to welcome in Musin Muhammad. Musin, how are you, buddy? Man, doing good, Roman. Thanks for having me on the show, man. It's an honor to uh, come on and speak with you. Hey, fellow, fellow Panther guy, I tell you what, um, 
we all know about uh, you guys uh, back in 2004. Of course, that uh, great run that the that the Panthers had, and an uh, incredible year for you that year. Uh, 1,405 yard receptions, 16 touchdowns, and uh, can you believe it that your partner Steve Smith is still out there trying to get after it? Yeah, I know, right? You know, he's a you know fierce competitor, and um, <clears throat> you know I was a little bit older than Steve when he came in the league, but I think this is his uh, 15th year, so uh, he's got a good run. He's still going, and and looks great. You know that injury. He obviously, you know, was sort of devastating. It was hard for for a lot of people to watch, including myself. But you know, I think he still has some juice in the tank. And if if, if he wants to come back, he's the type of guy that can can make that kind of comeback. Now you're in Charlotte, so you're part of the excitement, covering, doing some stuff for the NFL. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but you're actually doing uniform inspection for the NFL. Is that right? Yeah, I do uniform inspection, Roman. I also. On Mondays, uh, I host a radio show on the fan, 610 The Fan. Um, um, and so, you know, with, with Chris Kroger, and we have a great time on that show. But, yeah, I'm on the sideline. I used to be the biggest offender when it came to uniform violations. You know, we're, we're part of the Prima Donna crew, you know, the wide receivers. <laughs> and now, you know, I get to come back and police it. So uh, for fans out there that don't know how strict the NFL is on uniform uh, code, uh, let us know a little bit about what we're talking about. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, the, you know, the guys have to wear a certain style of sock. It has to have, um, you know, both the team colors uh, in, in that sock. They can, they can only wear a certain undergar- color undergarment underneath their uniforms. And, of course, it has to be tucked in. Uh, knee pads, thigh pads, you know, have to be a certain type and have to protect what they're meant to protect, meaning that they have to cover your knees if it's a knee pad and thigh, if it's a thigh pad. Um, you know, and then, of course, the shoes, you know, each it's each uh, club designates the shoe color. So you, you've got to have the right style, color, shoe, um, and, and all this is pretty strict, you know, the, um, the, the um Face mask, uh, eye guards, um, the mask there, the, you know, they can't be tinted unless you have a prescription for it. And there's a number of things like that, you know, Roman, that that, uh, that we monitor and, and we watch throughout the course of the game to make sure that everybody's in compliance. Okay, I have a lot of friends that are your age, Musin, that, uh, that played the game around the time that a uh, little after I did and, and had long careers as well. Uh, one of the things that I always find out is is that uh, things change in life when you retire from the game of football and you have uh, teenage children. So, for all the uh, for all the people out there that think that NFL players are so different, you've got a large crew with you and a lot going on. So, tell me about family and what's happening with that. Well, yeah, we uh, man, we do have a big crew. Um, you know, my wife and I have uh, four biological uh, children, and then. For some reason, we decided that we wanted to grow our family, and uh, you know, God's calling on our life, and uh, and we did that. We adopted two children uh, international, and then and then a third we got legal custody of here. It was a local girl in Charlotte, so you know, we have a big family, um, seven children, uh, with, with my wife and I, and um, you know, two two of the the two oldest are uh, both freshmen in college, and. Um, they, they one goes to East Tennessee State and plays basketball, and then the other one goes to Princeton and plays uh, basketball. They're both girls, 
Uh, and then I've got a, a, another daughter that's a senior at uh, Audrey Carroll High School that just committed to Wofford College, you know, where I ran around in training camp. And it was kind of funny that, you know, her life started crawling around on the family room floor over there. And now she's going to be running around on the basketball court scoring buckets for that university. So, um, and then it goes down from there. My boys are in the middle. I've got a sophomore daughter uh, that plays basketball, but my boys are eighth and seventh grade. Uh, play just about any sport that involves a ball and, and running, you know. Uh, and then I have a, a, a younger daughter that also uh, plays basketball and a number of other sports. So we're very active in the sports, and I think my social life is all about what my kids are doing on the weekend and where they're playing. Musim Muhammad, former Carolina Panthers wide receiver with us, and uh, he's got a show on the fan in Charlotte, also working with the NFL. He's also <laughs> does uh, private investments for private investment firm in Charlotte. Uh, so he's got a lot going on. And, um, you know, I want to know what kind of father you are because I sat down last year at the Super Bowl with Troy Aikman, and he has three daughters. And uh, I said, what kind of what kind of father are you when they're playing sports? And he said, well, I'm not one of those guys that yells and screams at the coach. I kind of just stay, stay back and watch him play and enjoy it and kind of stay out of it. So which one are you, the guy who gets involved or the one who just kind of sits back and watches? I'm more of a – I guess I'm probably a little bit more like Troy. I just uh... – you know, I'm getting used to the whole fan thing, you know, um, and, and what my wife had to endure over the 14 years of playing, you know, professional sports and college and in high school, too. She We, we dated in high school, so uh, I'm getting used to, you know, what, what she had to endure and being a fan and, and sort of being out of control, you know. <laughs> I have no control of what goes on, and so... You know, get that box of popcorn and, and drink and sit up there and, and, and root them on and and just enjoy what you what you watch there, and um, you know it takes a little getting used to. You know, Musim, we've been uh, we've been following uh, the movie Woodlawn, and uh, it's been an incredible film that has changed a lot of lives. And there's been a lot of football teams that have been going to this, and it's a story of Tony Nathan, a guy who played before you, uh, who went to Alabama and played in Birmingham, and uh, just the whole. Uh, racial integration situation during the early late 60s and early 70s and um, talked about how uh, faith in God and how football changed a community and uh, and really a, a lot more people than that. And one of the things that was very noticeable in your career um, and people like Tony Dungy and uh, Emmett Smith and, and others like you guys is that uh, Reggie White uh, was your commitment to the Lord, your commitment to your walk with God, and how that impacted your football life? Um, when you see these things played out in movies and you see them played out in real life, um, uh, what would you say would be the most important thing your faith has done for you in your life? Um, I would say, I would think the most important thing, I think, is um, probably the value that I put on my family. Uh, and, you know, the. Uh, commitment my wife and I, you know, made with each other and, and how we enjoy each other. I think, uh, you know, um, you know, God is in the middle of, of our communion. And of course, it's a three, threefold cord there and it's very strong and tight. And I would say, um, that, that based on my relationship with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I've learned, um, how to put my priorities in line. And of course, um, how to be a good husband, father, um, you know, brother, son, uh, you know, all those things. But I think 
the, the value that I have on my family has probably impacted, you know, the, the, should I say, the relationship I have with the Lord has probably had a resounding impact on uh, the relationship that I have with, with my kids and my family and my wife. Um, and, and it's been uh, nothing but complete freedom. You know, I think when you surrender yourself and, and you become a true follower and you live your life um, a certain way, there's a freedom in that. I mean, of course, it comes with restrictions, but um, it's also your own protection, and I, I truly believe that. And, um, you know, my, my life is sort of an open book, you know, and and, uh, uh, and and as you read it, you really can see how you start one place and, and you eventually get to another place that, um, you know, get to a place where there's a lot of peace and there's a lot of uh, happiness, and, and it's because of the relationship that I have with, with God. Musim Muhammad with us, former Carolina Panthers wide receiver, and uh, got a whole lot of things going on, and uh, that's what it's all about, you know, is using your platform to impact others. And, you know, I know one of the things that you have a heart for, you know, with being a father and, and a, your wife uh, adopting multiple children is you're involved with a group called Gifts of Adoption. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's uh, Gifts of Adoption. Um, our website is Gifts of Adoption. Dot org is giftofadoption.org, and our chapter was, you know, we, we founded this chapter here in the Carolinas. It's a group of businessmen and other people who um, who also have adopted or adoption has been part of their lives, and, um, you know, we have a gala every single year. We have a couple of fundraisers, but we have a gala every year, um, and this year I think it's on February 27th, uh, Myers Park uh, Country Club. And uh, Jericho Cotri is going to be our speaker this year for our event. It's a great event. Um, and the money that's raised through Gifts of Adoption uh, goes to fund uh, families in need. You know, so we give grants, um, you know, anywhere from, you know, 2500 up to $5,000 or more uh, to families throughout that process because it is an expensive process. And uh, we try to alleviate some of that pressure so that, you know, families that really want to adopt, um, and children that really need a home, uh, we're able to make that connection for them. So uh, it, it has been sort of a passion of mine, and uh, my wife and I went through the process. Even before we you know, uh, helped found this chapter, we went through the whole process of adoption, uh, which was you know expensive and grueling. And so um, we were able to go through that successfully and eventually bring our children home, and it's just been a great experience for us, and, and we love for other people that want to do that to be able to experience it. Musin Muhammad, former Carolina Panther, and that's giftsofadoption.org if you want to find out more about that. Of course, you can listen to him on The Fan in Charlotte. Check him out there. And his wife, Krista, apparently is a huge Facebook person. I know I follow your family there, so if you want to do that, Krista Muhammad is the place to go to follow all the Muhammads and what's going on in their life. And uh, it goes by quickly. But, uh, Musin, I appreciate it. It's great catching up with you. Uh, continued success. God bless you for everything that you're involved in, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Well, Roman, I appreciate um, you inviting me on the show, and it's truly been an honor to you know, talk to someone who uh, had the career that you had. I mean, you were an amazing player and, uh, and also led the life you led. So thank you for inviting me on the show. Musin Muhammad right here on Sold Out Sports Talk. You're listening to a best-of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with Fox NFL football reporter Laura Oakman. 
Visit FSPN.net for all things faith, family, and sports. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Gets you ready for a second half of your NFL college football this weekend. We'll get you ready to do that, but the perfect person to talk about for that is a longtime Fox Sports analyst, and uh, this, this young lady's done it all. I mean, when it comes to the NBA Finals, World Series, All-Star Games, two Olympics, over 10 Super Bowls, uh, working with Westwood One on NFL Thursday night, pregame with Fox Football, and then, of course, uh, she's sidelining it, uh, you know, giving you the up close and personal every weekend with NFL players and coaches making a high impact. Laura Oakman with us. Laura, how are you? Roman, it is so wonderful to be having this conversation with you. I'm wonderful, and thanks for having me. Always great to see you, and this has been a, this has been no different. I mean, what a great football season! So many great storylines, and um, you've had the opportunity to see it. Um, I know a lot of people out there, you know, wonder about what it's like, uh, you know, to to cover the NFL up close and and to see what the game looks like right there on the field. And and what I wanted you to do is just kind of paint for fans out there who've never been on an NFL football field what the atmosphere is like uh, inside those lines. I, I'm going to start by saying this, and sometimes when I say it, I feel like people will say, ah, you know, like that, that sounds cheesy or, or, you know, come on. But, I, but this to me is always my check-in every single Sunday. And, and I have, I've been doing this almost 25 years now um, and on NFL field for probably the last 10, I think probably about the last 10 doing sidelines. And all I can say is this, Roman, every single Sunday when the anthem plays, and everybody leaves after the anthem. And so it's having that moment where, one, it's the anthem that, you know, that, 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 always, uh, that always makes everybody, you know, just stop and, and take check. And then everybody's kicked off the field. And every single Sunday, I'm so delighted that I'm not kicked off. And just understanding the pleasure and the privilege of that, of knowing that all those people, how many people would kill to just be on a field and – when everybody leaves and I look around and I'm standing there, it's, it's kind of that 12-year-old little girl in me that's always like, this is pretty awesome. And this weekend, I'm actually, my team is in Chicago, and I'm a Chicago girl. So every time I'm at Soldier Field, it's just, it's, it's having that moment, no matter how many times I go there, going, if you would have told me as a little girl that I'd be in this position and standing here on the field, um, I, I wouldn't have believed you, but I would have been like, man, I'm doing something right. So all I can tell you is it's such, a, it's such a pleasure to be down there because there's so much going on. And, and I always try to explain this. I have so many young women who shadow me every weekend. And I always explain to them there's three games going on down here for a sideline reporter. And it might seem on TV that we don't do much. You know, hey, you only see, you only see a sideline reporter, you know, three, four times a game. But there's so much more going on for us. Um, that you're a huge part of the team and helping the team. So we're watching the game that everyone's watching. We've got the IFB, the earpiece in our ears, that I'm listening to the, the game that my play-by-play guy and analyst are calling. In my case, it's uh, Kenny Albert and Daryl Johnson. Um, Two good ones, really good. Such good. Such pros, Roman, and such good people. You know that. Like, I'm, I'm so blessed. And I have an amazing producer, Barry Landis, and my director, Brian Lilly. So I'm, 
I'm listening to the game they're doing because I'm watching the game, but whatever Kenny and Daryl are talking about, I've got to pay attention to because it happened this past weekend where all of a sudden they were talking off camera about Seattle's offensive line and they were doing some substitutions and not sure why. So that's my cue, even though I'm on the buck sideline to go, got it. Let me run over to Seattle and find out, is this a coaching decision? Is this an injury? Um, what's going on? So I'm working on the game I'm watching, the game in my ears, and then the sideline. And that's the biggest thing. Again, especially this last weekend with Seattle and Tampa, it, it, you really feed off that emotion. You know, all of a sudden watching Seattle go down um, and how are they responding to it, to it and sitting and watching them and watching, you know, there are a couple fights that went on and deciding what to say, deciding what not to say. Um, and then all of a sudden on the other side going, now how's this young Tampa team handling it? That they're all of a sudden up like this. So it's, you're paying attention to all this stuff and not being able to lose sight of any of it because all of a sudden if you kind of – I can be so stuck in the game going on in my ear, the sidelines, and then all of a sudden I have one minute until I'm walking at halftime with the coaches and go, wait a minute, I don't even know what's been happening because I haven't been able to watch the rhythm of the game. So it's Lord. keeping track of all of that and, again, and just enjoying it and really reminding myself what an awesome position I'm in each week. Laura Oakman's with a silent reporter for Fox NFL coverage. She's got the Chicago Bears hosting the San Francisco 49ers uh, next on tap. And, you know, one of the things that people talk to me about, about the NFL, too, is, is and you said it when you were describing it, you know, you really get an opportunity to uh, develop, you know, relationships with some of these people in terms of you've covered it long enough where you're able to see not only on the field but off the field the kind of people that these people are. And, you know, we've been always about faith, family, and football and about bringing people inside the helmets, giving them an opportunity to see that that these guys are not only high-impact people on the field, but so many of them high-impact people off the field. And, you know, one of the things that you don't see, you know, people ask me, how are they able after the game to, you know, to shake hands and look like buddies and look like they're having a good time after the game after they just got through, you know, knocking each other's heads off? And, you get to see something really special every week that really doesn't get covered a lot, and that is that prayer circle at the end of every NFL game. And it's so, I mean, it's so funny saying it to you because obviously not only have you watched it, you've been in them. Um, but I'll tell you, it's, it's one of the things every week when I'm waiting to do our, our post-game interview. So we're standing there, and, and I get to ask for two people. And usually it's the quarterback and whoever else, you know, had a huge game offensively or defensively. Every week I wait for that prayer circle. And it's funny how um, I'm always struck by that every single week. And it doesn't matter how intense. It doesn't matter the rivalries we talked about beforehand. But that prayer circle with both teams meeting like that is always one of my favorite things to watch. And it is. It's just between the changing of the jerseys, which is a new thing right now, um, the shaking of the hands, and that prayer circle, I think now more so than I remember, you know, all these years, there's such an appreciation for the brotherhood now. And there's such an appreciation for who they are, not what they do. And I don't know if I've ever really seen it as much as I have probably the last couple years. Just that gratitude and just that appreciation for each other, for faith, you know, for, for their faith and for each other. 
with Laura Oakman of Fox Sports. And as, as we wind down, Laura, you know, one of the things that impresses about me is, is that we talk a lot about um, platform and about how people use that platform and the blessings that they have in their life to impact other people's lives. And, and that has certainly been true the way that you have uh, created mentoring programs and have been such a positive example of what it is to be a professional in, in, in NFL coverage and sports coverage. So tell Thank me you. about Galvanize, Girls Compete, Women Empower, Media Coach. Tell me about that. Um, it has been probably, you know, as a woman in sports, Roman, you're told, you know, when you get in, you know, you're told at 21 years old, but just how short the shelf life is. And I was always told and always knew to prepare for that. And, you know, once you hit 40, the window shuts and all of that. And so I say that saying I have never loved what I've been doing more than I am right now. I've never loved where I'm at in life more than I, I do right now. So I always say that, especially to young women going, man, my second chapter is so much better than my first because my first chapter got me to this point, which is the giving back stage. And this career, you know this, it's it's selfish. It's very much what do I want to do, where do I want to go, what networks, what, what path, and you kind of check the boxes off. And I don't have children, so it's been really easy to be very selfish. And I started this company because I was watching all these young women um, – come shadow me and and get hired for these positions um, before they were ready. And I was watching their self-confidence get shot, and not just on a Sunday, but it's shot. And when you take a a young woman and you throw her in the world of sports and she doesn't know the language and doesn't know that world, it can be very intimidating uh, at best, and at worst, again, it, it can really do a number on you. So. I really came to that fork where I said I can either be bitter about it as an aging woman in this business and go, you know, this isn't the way I did it, or I could, or I could go, how can I help? And so I, I started this company, Galvanize, and, and I do boot camps and workshops for women. It started women who wanted to go into sports broadcasting, but now it's really just for women. And it's, it's amazing. It's, it's taking these young women um, into these great opportunities uh, last off season, I, I did a boot camp with the Vikings, with the Falcons, with the Rams. Um, I'm actually doing one in two weeks with uh, with Team USA Hockey, with their women's team, and pairing up 23 of my reporters with 23 um, members of the hockey team as they make their Olympic journey, and having them. It's really an ambassador program for these women. So it's been the greatest, greatest chapter of my life because I've always had a passion. I love what I do. I always have, but for the first time, I, I've added a purpose to the passion, and it's been it's been life changing for me, and hopefully for all these amazing young women, because it's given them something that I didn't have and would have killed for, which is a fantastic network of women as you're climbing the ladders together and really being able to say how are you handling this, how are you how are you dealing with this, and leaning on each other, and that's probably what I'm most proud about watching these girls fall in love with each other. Laura Oakman's with us, Fox Sports Football, and this weekend you can catch her. San Francisco at Chicago, 1 p.m. on Fox at Soldier Field. And uh, make, make sure you do it because she will bring you inside the game of football and does an excellent job of uh, relating not only that what goes on, on on the field but off the field as well. And 
Uh, Laura, before we let you go, uh, how how do people follow you? I know you're on Twitter at uh, Laura Oakman at Laura Oakman. Website that they need to go to about Galvanize. Galvanize L I F E, and they could always that's that's the website and where they can sign up, where they can see more about us, and there's an email on there as well uh, that they can reach out to me and ask any questions. Laura Oakman, Laura, appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come up with us on Sold Out Sports Talk. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III on AFR Talk. Podcasts of this program are available at AFR.net. Thanks for listening, and join us again next week for Sold Out Sports Talk. Now I'm a sold-out believer.